This teaching comes to you from the team at Anchor Church Sydney. We hope you're blessed by it. For more teachings, resources or info, check out our website www.anchorchurch.com.au Hi there, my name's Brad Kinerman. I'm one of the pastors at Anchor Church Sydney. I want to say a huge thank you for joining us for Anchor Online as we celebrate Easter together. For many of us in our culture, Easter and Christmas are the only times we might enter a church building. And so even though we're not meeting in our normal normal space this, today, we want to say a huge thank you for choosing to join us to celebrate Easter and Good Friday online. Today we're going to be considering why is Good Friday good? This event, Jesus' death on the cross 2,000 years ago, is at the center of Christianity. Many would say it's the turning point of history. But why is it good? Why such a terrible, dark day good? Why did Jesus die? What does it all mean? The cross, of course, isn't just a religious symbol, something that you might wear on a, a necklace or that would be on a church building or that people might put as a tattoo on their skin. Uh, in the ancient world, it was a method of execution and it was ugly and barbaric and horrible. Uh, we're familiar with what happened on the cross that to kill someone, the empire would literally put nails through the wrists and through the ankles. Uh, and it was an incredibly excruciating way for someone to die where they would not die from the wounds, but die from asphyxiation and from the lifting themselves up to breathe. And over time, it was an incredibly drawn out, terrible way to die. Uh, moreover, it was shameful and humiliating as people were hung naked uh, to die. They were mocked and hurled insults at and spat at. Uh, the Jewish people thought that the cross was accursed. Uh, it was something to be ashamed of and the Roman Empire wouldn't even put their citizens to death on a cross. So why is this terrible thing, why is this terrible moment in history at the center of our faith? Why would we ever possibly dare to call Good Friday good. We're going to re-examine one of the earliest accounts of this event in, in the Bible, in one of the gospel narratives, one of the earliest biographies of Jesus's life, where we learn the significance of this event. As we look at this, this reading in Mark chapter 15, we're going to see who Jesus is and what his death means for us. So, the verse is going to be on the screen, and I'd love you to read this with me. We're going to look at Mark chapter 15 from verse 21. A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it, and they crucified him. Dividing up his clothes, they cast lots to see what each would get. It was the third hour when they crucified him. The written notice of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. They crucified two robbers with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, So, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. 
In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let this Christ, the King of Israel, come down from the cross that we may see and believe. Those crucified with him also heaped insults on him. At the sixth hour, darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, Listen, he's calling Elijah. One man ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a stick and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus heard his cry and saw how he died, he said, Surely this man was the Son of God. Some women were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the younger and of Joseph and Salome. In Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem were also there. A dark day in history. And from this early biography of Jesus' death, we learn some important things about who Jesus is and what he did that show us the significance of the cross and why we call Good Friday good. The first thing that we see, we see there in verse 26. The written notice of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. The first thing we see is that Jesus is King. Now, of course, the sign above him on the cross was ironic. Uh, it was actually intended as an insult for, for Jesus. You might remember the, the quote just across the page. If you truly are the king, then come down off the cross. It was put there as an insult. The Jews and the Romans put Jesus to death because they saw him as a threat to their power. They thought that he would try and make himself to be king. But here we actually see that he is the king of the Jews. The sign meant as an insult actually tells us a truth about who Jesus is. He looks like a criminal crucified with criminals, but his cross is actually his enthronement. As he wears the crown of thorns, it is actually his coronation, his glory, his victory. The gospel writer John would write about the hour of Jesus' death as his glory, as the son of man being lifted up for the salvation of the world. And so here we see that the first thing, why we call Good Friday good is that we see that Jesus is the crucified King. Jesus is King of all the world. The second thing we see is from verse 29. As the crowds <clears throat> hurl insults at him, as the religious leaders hurl insults at him, they say, come down from the cross, get yourself down from the, the cross. You saved other people. Why can't you save yourself? Again, there's an irony here. We learn that Jesus is the saviour of the world through the insults of those who pass him by. The reason why he chooses not to save himself, of course, he could have called legions of angels down to call him off the cross to defeat his enemies. But the reason that he is hung there on the cross, not saving himself is so that he can save us so that he can save the world that he loves. His death 
is our salvation. So Jesus is king. Jesus is saviour. We learn that through the insults that are thrown at him. But how does Jesus save us? Well, here we see that Jesus takes our curse of sin. Have a look at Mark chapter 15 from verse 33. Here we see darkness cover the whole land of Israel. It's the middle of the day. The sixth hour is about midday and darkness covers the land. And Jesus cries out this famous cry of dereliction. This cry of forsakenness. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's quoting a psalm of David from Psalm chapter 22, where David similarly cries out, God, where are you? Where are you in the darkness of my distress? I can't see you. I can't feel you. Why won't you come to rescue me? And Jesus, at his moment of death, cries out this cry of forsakenness. The picture of darkness over the land gives us a hint of what is happening here, that Jesus, the beloved son of God, the one whom God loves with all his heart, he takes this prayer on his lips because he is bearing the weight of the curse of sin. He's taking our sin on his shoulders and so he cries out to God, my God, why are you forsaken me? Because he's bearing the judgment of God against sin on our behalf. And by doing so, we see finally in verse 38 that Jesus opens up access to God. He opens up the way to God. From verse 37, with a loud cry, Jesus breathes his last and the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Now in the temple, the temple was there to to separate sinners from a holy God was a way of a sinful people, Israel, coming to meet with God and not be destroyed, where there would be sacrifice for sin. And the curtain was there to separate the people from God so that they wouldn't be destroyed. And here we see that temple curtain is torn apart so that people can now access God because Jesus has paid the penalty for sin. He's opened up the way for us to access God. We don't need to have ongoing sacrifices for sin anymore because Jesus has paid the once for all sacrifice for sin so that we can come home to God. In this early biography of Jesus's death, we see that this isn't just some meaningless event in human history. It's not just one of the countless thousands of others that were crucified in the Roman Empire in the ancient world, but this is truly an event that has changed the world. It is the turning point of history as Jesus the King, Jesus the Saviour takes our sin upon himself and opens up the way for us, for me and for you to come before our God who loves us and has died for us so that we might be reconciled to him. And so the question that the text leaves us with is how will we respond to this Jesus? Will we be like like the chief priests and the teachers of the law who mocked him, who say he saved others, but he can't save himself. Come down off the cross and I'll believe in you. Or will we be like the centurion at the end of the story that we read from verse 39, who when he saw how Jesus died, he cried out, surely this man is the son of God. This event, the pain that Jesus endured, His death on the cross, he did this for you. 
At the cross, we see a demonstration of God's love for you and for me. On the cross, we see Jesus' arms stretched out as the Father's arms stretched out to welcome you home. There's an invitation at Good Friday, an invitation every Easter, every day, where God's arms are open wide to welcome you home. The question is, how will you respond? Will you respond like the centurion? Surely this man was the son of God and come home to the father. Or will you respond like the chief priests and turn away from him? The choice is yours. But we're grateful for you joining us this Easter. We hope that it is a good Friday for you.